Welcome to Mattelia is Confused. This is Mattelia, a.k.a. M. Diesel, a.k.a. Pastor M. Diesel, because that's right. It is Sunday again, and that can only mean one thing. If it's Sunday and I'm doing an episode on Sunday, what that means is it is a Sunday service with Pastor M. Fucking Diesel Fuck! Pour out his power. These are the days. I know. Oh, it's the hour. Oh, you gotta get down on your knees. Okay. Okay. Why? Because Tell me. Send the fire. Send the rain. Send the fire. Send the rain. That is fucking cool, okay? That music is fucking cool despite what they're saying. Also, that by the way, that's that's Lester Rector, okay? Lester Rector is a is a is one of the main singers at Jimmy Swaggit. Swaggit. Sw- Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. Uh Jimmy Swaggart, of course, has been around forever. Uh he's one of my all-time favorite uh megachurch pastors and one of the originals. He's actually the cousin of Jerry Lee Lewis, and I find that interesting because if you know anything about Jimmy Swaggart, and if you know anything about Jerry Lee Lewis, you know all it takes is one more thought after you are told or come to understand that they're cousins. To all it takes is one more thought to realize, actually, they're the same guy. They're the same fucking down home, old time religion. Fucking feel that shit in your bones. Camp meeting, motherfuckers. One is just rock and roll, and the other one is fucking praise the Lord. But they're doing the same fucking thing, and that's called entertaining Matt D'Elia, a.k.a. M. Diesel, a.k.a. Pastor M. Diesel. Now, that being said, Lester Rector. I've talked about Lester before. Um, 
I can't believe that's his name. Let's start with that. I can't fucking believe that's someone's name. Lester Rector. It sounds like a villain in a Spawn comic book. You know? Like the real name of, of the Violator or something. Also, the Violator in Spawn is the single scariest fucking thing ever. But that's besides the point, because we're talking about religion, because it's Sunday, and it's fucking Sunday service, and Lester Rector is one of my favorite singers uh, in the Christian singer arena. He's very terrible looking, but he's young, which I always, I always feel weird when anyone young is, is really religious. And I don't mean kids. I get it. I guess I get it more when it's kids because what the fuck does a kid know? A kid only knows what a parent tells them or other adults tell them. And if I think about kids being sort of brainwashed or handed the fucking shit information, the bullshit information of Christianity or I guess any religion, I, I get that. But what I don't get is like a fucking... 30 year old you know or like a 20 fucking five year old but there are so many of you out there what's going on i'm just gonna cut through the specifics and remind you that it is all so made up and it doesn't require much thought it doesn't require much thought past you get the information right let's start with this the immaculate conception okay Story has it, rumor has it, Bible has it, that Jesus was, was conceived through his mother, but she was a virgin. That's what the Virgin Mary means, right? All of the details of that story are left out. What is the machinations of that? What, what are the specifics? What are the details of that? No one asks. No one's allowed to ask. I remember when I was a kid, I asked that in church. When I was actually going through the process of being confirmed as a Catholic, which fucking wow, I can't believe I even did that. Thanks, mom and dad. But even my parents, who aren't religious at all, they were just like, well, I did it. That fucking pull of tradition is so strong. But I remember my confirmation, I don't know, guide or, or counselor? Counselor! Um, I guess I guess that's what they're called. Anyway, I was like, I would. A I came to know him pretty well, and I would ask him, like, what? Because, you know, when you're like 12 or whatever, or when I was 12, all of the questions that I had that never really made sense, I stopped being kind of afraid to ask them. And I was just like, well, this just doesn't actually make sense. So I would ask my confirmation guide or whatever the fuck. Hey, so how did um, God impregnate Mary? And he was just like, that's the power of God. And I was like, okay, but like, how did he do it? 
He's just like he's all powerful. He's God. He just he 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 wanted a son in human form on Earth, and I'm like, I get it. I get what the Bible says. That's what I'm asking you about, though. And I understand now he's not an authority, but he was behaving like a fucking authority, guiding me through. Oh, sponsor. That's what it's fucking called. Your confirmation sponsor, like they're fucking like he like he was Reebok, you know. Like he was Hurley or Billabong. Pokerstars.com was my sponsor confirmation. But that's the thing. And and what I'm what I'm amazed at is that okay, so I'm 12. This guy's, let's say he's 50, right? He was a friend of my parents. What I can't believe in retrospect, at least, is that my questions didn't make him didn't make him stop and think, oh, fuck, the kid's got a point. He thought, oh, this kid doesn't get it yet. For sure he thought that. Which is bullshit, because I'm just a confused little kid. And I'm coming at it with real legitimate questions. I'm like, well, how did God do that? Well, how does that work? And I finally got him, the best I could get out of him was like, well, God works in mysterious ways. And, and you know, if we act like we understand all of it, then we're acting like we're on his level. And it's like, that is bullshit. That's what cult leaders do. Just shield themselves from any responsibility. But if that guy was smart, he would just be like, oh, wait. He'd go home and be like, you know, that little fucking Dalia kid, he's got a point because... All of that makes no sense. But no, I was the fucking idiot. And that was clear. It was like, ah, oh, kid, you don't get it yet. Is this the main reason I'm fucked up? No. Is it one of the reasons I'm fucked up? For sure. Adults just constantly lying to you. Even when they don't have to. Also, just like the general obsession Christians have with um, the baby Jesus? No. Fucking no. Is a baby in a manger, you know, when they do the nativity scenes for Christmas? Just like idolizing a baby. The only baby worth idolizing is uh, the baby in Look Who's Talking. <clears throat> Uh, Lester Rector is the fucking shit, though. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do, uh, we'll take Lester for another spin. Thanks, Lester. Thanks for providing us with this fucking incredible fucking church music during Sunday service. God is God, and God won't ever change. I know God is God, and He always will be God. Oh, piano breakdown. Whoa. 
Tapia. And God won't ever change. I know God. And He always will be God. Wow, now the fucking saxophone dude. I love how these dudes, when they rock at, uh, at church, they, they're, it's funny because they're rocking. The dude on the sax is killing it. The dude on the piano is fucking killing it. And they all look like the most regular guys ever. They just look like uh, a little league coach in Indiana. They all look like little league baseball coaches in Indiana. and But they're rocking the fuck out in the name of God. Also, that song... They're not even trying. Oh, that actually is one of my favorite Christian songs. As you all know, I fucking rolled deep. I know, I know a lot of Christian music, and I love a lot of Christian music, despite not loving Christianity. But they can't take that from me. As I've said many times, they can't take my love of their music away just because I'm not Christian. But God is God is the least trying song ever. Not even making an effort. God is God. And then they just list places uh, where God is God. He's God in New York City. He's God in fucking Tennessee. He's God other places. The point of the song is that he's just God always, all the time, everywhere, and will never not be God. Okay. You know what I mean? That's just not... Not necessary. But I do love the song. And that's that. <sighs> I was I, I I I got my first vaccine shot and um actually felt like total shit the day after. You know what? I, oh, just to go on a, a little bit of a tangent, how boring are we all and how boring have we all become that the first thing that anyone ever wants to ask you or, or talk about at all, they don't even have to hear that you've, that you've been vaccinated. They just want to talk about which vaccine they got and they want to know which vaccine you got. Did you get the vaccine? Yeah. Which, which one did you get? Who the fuck? fucking cares how boring are we what are you going to do with the information that that the vaccine i got is the moderna one who what the fuck is that what is the cure are you even curious is that just i don't get it i don't get it everyone everyone does that is there what do people have a this idea that one is better than the other one are they are people doing a fucking census? 
I don't understand. I'll never, here's something I'll never do. I'll never ask you which vaccine you got. But the reason I bring up the vaccine is because now that more and more people are getting vaccinated and, and, and pretty much everyone who wants to get vaccinated, barring some kind of unique circumstance, either has been, is in the process of, or has their appointment on the books. Which of course leaves all the people that don't want to get their vaccine. And the people that don't want to get their vaccine are behaving so fucking dumb. And I actually, I don't even mean that they're not getting it. I do think that's dumb, but there's plenty of shit that I don't even need to get into the fact that they don't want to get the vaccine. How about just for the sake of this now, how about we give that to anti-vaxxers? What if we just said, okay, you don't want to get the vaccine? I'm neither here nor there about that. What if we gave them that one? Let's look at all the other shit. First of all, let's start with the, the thing about, well, I don't know what's in it. And then worse than that, worse than I don't know what's in it. I don't know what I'm putting into my, I want to know what I'm putting into my body. Worse than that is when they say, you don't know what's in it. Why would you put something like that into your body? Are you living farm to table? Because most people that are like, you know, uh, at least let's say on the left, that's not the, the typical anti-vax crowd. I know it sort of isn't too very far ends of the spectrum. It kind of goes in a circle because the further, further you get on the left, you get into that anti-establishment, you get into that fucking, uh, um, you get into a zone where it's it's like the anti-vaxxers sort of meet, you know? Because um, there's this holistic idea where you don't want to put the vaccine into your into your body. You know, it's the same thing. It's like that, uh, that conspirituality thing when I had Jules Evans on the show. It's the same kind of shit. It's like you would think of these people as on the left, but they really share a lot of things that, that, this, that in this case, anti-vax people think. But the argument of we don't know what's in it. Well, let me just one th first things first. If you want to know what's in it, you can find out. But I would turn that around slightly and say, unless you're like that about everything, unless you're like, uh, well, I don't know what's in it. And before I put anything into my body, I want to know what's in it. Then I don't buy that argument. Because what about, I don't know what's in it when it comes to like fucking fast food. The sense I get from a lot of the anti-vax crowd is that they're like hardcore, deep red, uh, red state Republicans. Without even putting them into a party, let's say, on the right side of the political spectrum. 
What about all the shit that's in the shitty food you eat? But do you stop and wonder about that? Because that's definitely killing you. What about the shit that's in fucking uh, anything? Anywhere in the fucking world. In the air you breathe. Why all of a sudden is, it, is that argument the, the thing you want to do about vaccines? I don't know what's in it. You don't know what's fucking in anything. That's never stopped you before. But the thing I, I, that bothers me the most about the anti-vax people are, or, or is this sort of, it's a race. It is a race to play the victim card. They love talking about fucking how uh, they're ostracized and made to like they're they're the it's like Germany in the 1930s, you know, and they're the Jews is how they think of it. And I saw my fucking friend saw something trending on Twitter. He sent me some screenshots of the shit he saw. It's anti-vax people walking around with yellow stars. Hmm, what's the significance of that? I would say it's probably them trying to invoke memories of Jews who were forced to wear uh, yellow stars to, to, to let people around them know that they were Jews. So there are anti-vax people going around the country with yellow stars on them that say vax passport or whatever they say, anti-vax, I don't know. But they're, they're in such a fucking hurry and, and they're, it's like a race to, 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 to be the biggest victim. And what I find ironic about that is that the right loves to fucking call the people on the left, they love to call people on the left out for constantly being victims. Nobody plays the victim card more in the modern, in contemporary culture than people on the right. It's all all they do is bemoan grievance grievance culture. That's all they've become about. There's actually not even anything there anymore. It's just one grievance after another. The fucking Dr. Seuss thing. Fucking Kevin McCarthy reading Dr. Seuss stories on videos for fun, to get to 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 raise to to raise money. Josh Hawley fucking parading around the fucking fact that he's been canceled and how it's so unfair. The truth is this goes all the way back to the original story of Christianity, which is the story of Jesus, who is the ultimate victim. So I guess it's not that surprising, but what I would like is a little self-fucking awareness that next time people, whether it's anti-vax or just people on the right in general, A little bit of awareness of the fact that, hey, you like to be the victim. Stop telling other people that they are racing to play the victim card. You are racing to play the victim card. About fucking everything. You don't even have platforms anymore. It's just we're being attacked. Whether it's fucking Tucker Carlson talking about how they're being white people are being replaced. Or Kevin McCarthy talking about how... And or Ted Cruz standing with Dr. Seuss. 
stop wanting to be a victim so bad. That goes for everyone. If you are a victim, that's unfortunate. And there are many, many victims out in the world of many, many things. Josh Hawley isn't one of them. Dr. Seuss isn't one of them. Tucker Carlson isn't one of them. God fucking Tucker Carlson. And then I saw this fucking new uh, Marjorie Taylor. I saw Marjorie Taylor Green. Actually, you know what? Let me. I bet I could find audio of that. Um, she challenged, and she's the Congress. She's the QAnon Congresswoman from Georgia, um, who is now like kind of the face of. Uh, than the modern Republican Party, which is, I mean, obviously Trump is that. But she's younger and she's obviously still in political office and he's not. So she more represents the future and she's very much an acolyte of Trump. Very much, she does a lot, uses a lot of the same tactics, similar kind of shit. But she challenged AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, to uh, debate about the Green New Deal. You know, and actually, to be honest, I would like to see that debated by AOC and someone. But that person I would like to see debated is not Marjorie Taylor Greene. She thinks Jews use space lasers to cause forest fires in California. She thinks QAnon is really a government... She thinks Q is really a government insider. She's fucking crazy. Whatever you think about AOC, you can't... You can't argue that Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't a significantly shittier, dumber person. Even if you fucking hate AOC and her politics, which I obviously don't. Um, but here, I'm going to play, this is, uh, this is just fucking perfect. Here, let me, let me, I found it. Let me pull it up. So this is her making a video because God forbid she does it behind closed doors, making a video challenging AOC to a debate. We're going to debate. I told her, she said, she asked me if I had read her 14 page Green New Deal. I said, I've read some of it. And she said, well, when you read all of it, then you can challenge me to a debate. Well, the good news is I've read all 14 little pages. 14 little pages. It's like she can't just plainly talk about it. She has to slide in insults even if they don't make sense. I read her 14 little typed out on paper pages. Like what? That's not, that's not even a slight little pages. Relax. And I'm very ready to debate her on the House floor. 
So this is what we're going to be doing. The date hasn't been set, but when it is set, I will let you know. And she better show up. If she chickens out, then she shows exactly who she really is, a scared little girl that is pretty stupid and doesn't know anything Rude. about the economy or economics. And she boasts that she does because she has a degree in economics, but she doesn't have enough common sense to actually be able to produce anything in the real world. She just has a government job. Hey, so do you. And the only reason you have a government job is because dumb fucks where you're from who believe in shit like QAnon chose you over other people who are definitely more fucking sane. At the very least, I would say, well, AOC's from the Bronx. That's a way more diverse group of people with way different ideas. in her district. She's literally insulting AOC by being by saying the only thing you have is a government job. What the fuck do you have? Besides evidence that Jewish people use space lasers to set California on fire. Besides that hard foolproof evidence that Jewish people powerful Jewish people who secretly control the world, are using space lasers to burn California to a crisp. Besides that, what else, what do you have that gives you sort of more authority to speak to these things? In your government position, which is literally ident—it's identical to the government position AOC has. You, are a, you have the, an identical amount of power. How the fuck is she the star, the rising star on the right? How the fuck is someone who thinks shadowy, powerful Jewish groups have space lasers, A, and B, that those powerful, shadowy Jewish people are using those space lasers to burn California? How the Fuck, did that happen? I mean, fucking wow. You are a fucking moron. Here's more. Here's more. I think she's talking about the same thing. I I can't fucking get over this person. By the way, the people clapping have no fucking idea what the Green New Deal is besides what they've heard on Fox News. All they know is that the Green New Deal is their enemy because they've been told. That's not good. By the way, they're laughing at the question, have you even read it? Her answer's no! 
And they're still like, oh yeah, you got her fucking good. This story isn't even fucking good and doesn't show her to be good at at making AOC look bad. And yet the audience is just like, yeah, woo, you didn't read it, woo, the fucking, you didn't read it either, you don't even know what the fuck is in it. And you're all fucking clapping. What the fuck is in your head, rocks? That's not pay-per-view. Pay-per-view is not on every major news network. Pay-per-view is pay-per-view. And yet, raucous applause. Meanwhile, how many people there are business owners? How many people in general are business owners? What she's saying, the logic of what she's saying is that you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you don't know shit about the economy if you're not a business owner. That is fucking elitist. And she would like to tell you that the elites are da-da-da-da, ruining da-da-da-da-da-da. And maybe they are, but that's fucking elitist. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about at the economy unless they're a business owner. Huh? And she responded, that's not true. I was like, really? How so? I've launched restaurants in New York. I said, you didn't own any of them. So we're going to schedule it very soon. Listen to how shitty, I mean, ah, fucking fuck, you know, ah, fucking fuck, you're fucking gorgeous. With arms wide open, my twin is caught in Pharaoh, and anyone with eyes can fucking see that for sure. Sorry, if you didn't listen to that, the last episode, you have no idea what I just did. But ah, uh, fuck, fucking fuck. Fuck. Um, all right, yeah. I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, I got some... The fucking Oscars are tonight, so I'll talk a little bit about the fucking Oscars, even though it's Sunday, and that means it's Sunday service. Got to make some room for the Oscars, and I'll talk about some other shit as well. I will talk to you in exactly one minute. Okay. <laughs> 
Don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'm back. And before I get into any non-Sunday service-related stuff, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do a little bit more Sunday service-related stuff and then talk about how the show is going to go moving forward. Uh, starting around June, maybe July, uh, there will be some kind of video component to what I'm doing. Uh, I will set up, um, I, I think I'm going to set up a Patreon and like have things that, uh, ec- extras that, uh, will be fun and, uh, I'll engage with a lot of you more that way. And, uh, I'm also going to actually start doing two episodes a week. They might, bes- bes- and also interview episodes will start coming back more, uh, those will remain an hour. I think if I start doing two a week, though, they'll be like more like 30, 40 minutes, um, maybe 45 minutes instead of the full hour because um, there will be two a week. So it'll be more uh, content, more episodes, uh, less length to each episode. Um, also, the mugs, the mugs, the me right now mugs, uh, are for those who know, um, I have had one that I've posted pictures of me with before, and they will finally be available for purchase, uh, on my, uh, website, mattdelia.com slash store where merch is presently available. The hoodies and shirts and all that shit's been up for a while, but now we're going to add mugs to that and we're fucking moving on up. And yeah, so that's fucking cool. And I feel like there was something else, but I forgot it. So whatever. Um, but back to some fucking Sunday service shit. Um, I want to, before I move on entirely from crazy religious people. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. A lot of you, even though I talk about this on the show, uh, and my response to all of you who bring this up, my first response is if you listen to the show, you know. But some of you ask me, some of you write me directly and ask me why my ire at religious people is focused only on Christians. And I have a really easy answer for that. It's not that the Christian religion, I mean, it, it, I think I could make an argument that it is the dumbest and worst for the world, but I'm not even going to make that argument because I don't have to. 
because the reason I focus my ire on Christianity is because it's the religion I know. I was grown, I grew up Catholic. Ever since I was a kid, it's been swirling around me and it's the one that my mind is most steeped in. It's also the most I've read about and most my curiosity about religion in general has been Christian centric, let's say. That's because I was raised a fucking Christian. Other people who were raised in other religions need to eviscerate those religions. I don't know other religions as well as I know Christianity. And so if I were to talk in depth about them, I wouldn't be as informed and I wouldn't be as confident and I'd probably be more full of shit. That's not to say that other religions have it figured out. Fucking newsflash, they don't. But I just don't know nearly as much about those religions as I do about Christianity. And frankly, I don't know or like their music as much as I like Christian music. Okay? Hopefully that settles that. Although I'm sure many of you will still fucking write to me asking, why don't I talk shit about other religions too? It's because I'm not, I was not raised in any other religions and I don't know other religions nearly as well. Okay. Woo! Let me tell you about the comforter that the Bible said would lead you on. Jesus said that you had power. New life to me I once was lost But now I'm found I was blind but now I see Let me tell you that you must have that fiery Holy Ghost Oh, keeps the fire burning Experience you can feel makes you move, makes you shout, makes you feel the real when I got my hand oh in my master's hand and I'm so being danger Jesus name I'm free from sin and I know that I'm born again. That's enough of that. That song's fucking great. That's a guy named Dudley Smith. And all of the music that I've played today has been via, vis-a-vis, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. It's a fucking Jimmy Swaggart day. It's a Jimmy Swaggart Sunday service. Thank you, Jimmy. Disagree wholeheartedly with everything you've ever said and done. Thank you, Jimmy. Disagree wholeheartedly with, wholeheartedly with everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done. But thank you, Jimmy. I love you. Oh, you, my hand, and fire, and holy ghost, and I how soon I'm painting, or he, this final raining. What's good about that shit is you don't even need to know the words. Oh, I don't 
Doesn't stop me from fucking bopping along. Can't take that away from me. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to play some more fucking uh, crazy Christian people. Uh, there's, this is one, quote, prophet that I've played before that I'm uh, increasingly interested in. This is Kat Kerr, her of the dyed pink hair, her of the particularly insane sound bites. Now, has she said 10 out of 10 insane shit before? Yes, many times. Has she ever said anything this insane? Maybe not. Actual, maybe not. It's possible this is the craziest thing she's ever said. So here it goes. When the presence of the Lord is so strong, I my body will begin to, it's like a, it's like a super fast shaking. Okay. Uh, I mean, we shake, right? And then we shake. Okay. And your whole inside shakes. That's, that's the frequency of God coming into the earth. But Trump's vibration. Oh, here we go. Is increasing. He is the first one who I ever said that to you, by the way. That what he's given now is a shaking. It's a shaking coming from Trump himself. Since the enemy's trying to shake us into fear, the words when Trump speaks them has that vibration, that frequency of 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 the spirit of God in him. Because God is shaking himself. He's shaking the earth itself. He's starting to shake hell itself. Is shaking right now. They're terrified because you. I'm just going to pause it right there because I have one thing to say. And the thing I have to say is, what the fuck are you talking about? Honestly, what the fuck are you saying? That's all made up. Everything you ever say is made up, but that is so fucking obviously made up that anyone who listens to you is a fucking absolute idiot. Absolute fucking idiot. No, Satan's usually the one who does the shaking thing, but God had done it a long time ago, so he is shaking hell. The spirits of darkness are beginning to shake. I see them all the time, like shaking, trying to run away. What? And so I can tell you, we're getting closer and closer to that time when God himself is going to do something. Of course, it's going to involve Trump in it, but even the frequency in his voice now has a vibration in it. Really? Some people really? begin to feel that when they hear him speak because you know why? He is our president. Hey, no, he's fucking not. No, he's fucking not. What are you fucking talking about? I mean, there's all different kinds of Christians, but the kind of Christian that's always saying... It's coming, whatever that it is, whether it's the fucking uh, rapture or anything else, from the fucking Millerites to way before, all the way up to now. Everything that they're always so confident is going to happen never, ever, ever fucking happens. And yet, millions of people around the world still believe that it is. And there are people like me who think like me about people like this, at least. And they think, how the fuck could people believe this? And while I can totally relate to that, I think 
it's worth remembering what the phrase con artist means. Though what con is standing in place for is confidence. All that matters is the confidence that these people put their ideas forth with. If you go into the world with such confidence like that, at least there will be, or let me put it this way. Many, many people will believe you fall victim to what you're saying or just outright believe you and follow you to wherever. The reason isn't the content of what they're saying. The reason isn't the veracity of the claims they're making. It's purely because of the confidence it's put forth with. And when you combine that, in the, at least when it comes to Christians, when it's steeped in the kind of language and the kind of ideas and the kinds of things that a Christian grew up seeing the, the lens through which they see the world, when it's all filtered through that lens, many, many, many people are liable to just believe it. So don't look at these people and think, how do they believe that? They believe it because the person saying it with the dyed pink hair is absolutely confident, or at least puts forth confidence. Whether they're lying or not, who knows? It's the confidence that they put it out with. That combined with the kind of language and lens through which it's being spoken about, which is God, the devil, sin, Jesus, the coming of, da, 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 whatever. Fucking A, though. Uh, here's, a, here's our boy, Hank Cunneman, Hank Cuntman. This is... See, this is where it starts to get scary, right? This this dude has been the angriest, the angriest quote quote prophet of all. He's so mad that he's losing followers and getting dragged because he was one of the loudest voices saying the election will be overturned and Trump will remain president. He's the one I've played before who's super mad at people for calling out prophets for getting that entirely wrong. Okay? So we need a new phrase for him. This is not doubling down. This is tripling down. This is quadrupling down. Here, actually, I haven't heard this. This it looks great though. Oh no, I have heard this. This is the one. Yeah, this is this is the scary shit. Okay, this is where it gets fucking scary territory. Okay, here we go. Here's Hank Cuntman. And so we're being awakened. Wow. Wow. This is what socialism looks like. I've been to Russia. I've been to Ukraine. I've been to Siberia. I've been to communist nations. I've been to those in South America, Central America. And I'm telling you, the United States, we don't understand what their agenda is, but we're being awakened to it pretty quick. And there's a lot of people that voted for the Biden. Well, so sad. Two people clapping. The Bidenites are about to be removed, right? God's going to eliminate the Canaanites, the termites, and the Bidenites. God's going to eliminate the Bidenites. Hey, man, you're talking about me. You're saying God's going to eliminate me and, and the other 80 million people who voted for Joe Biden. Hey, guess what, Hank Cuntman? No, he's 
fucking not. Let's add that to the list of things you're dead wrong about. Dead fucking wrong. The fucking shit, the fucking merging of religion and politics is crazy to me. I'll never get over that. I mean, I guess it keeps people engaged. You know, it works out. Obviously, they're doing it because it it helps them in their career or whatever the fuck. Their flock grows. If they just keep combining their religion with politics. It's so weird, though. God doesn't give a fucking fuck who's president. God didn't give a particular fuck about America. No mention of America in the Bible. America existed, but was not fucking overrun yet when the Bible was written. There's no reason to believe God gives a flying fuck about America. And yet, when you listen to these people, it's always, and God's about to make Trump president again. Why the fuck would he fucking do that? Anyway, the Oscars are tonight. <laughs> the Oscars are tonight, and I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, I don't watch the Oscars anymore, and I haven't for years. The idea of watching the Oscars this year is almost so much less appealing than, you, than, it, even, than it usually is that it almost loops back around and makes me want to watch it. The problem is, is that this year I haven't seen any of the movies. And I think that is in part because of the fact that movie theaters just weren't open. That I, no new movies uh, were showing in theaters near me, so I was not a, really able to go see them. And a lot of times the only reason I'll see the, uh, the movies that are nominated for Oscars is because they're out and I like to go to the movies. And those are the movies that are out. In this last year or so, I've watched almost exclusively older movies. Because when it's all the same, when I can just put on a movie, whether it's brand new or fucking 80 years old, the likelihood that I'm going to put on a new movie is low. When it's all the same, again, if it's at a fucking movie theater, obviously I'm going to go see new movies because it's all that's showing at the movie theaters. So because, at least in part because movie theaters were not a thing. I didn't see the new movies. That being said, to my eye, the new movies this year look particularly unappealing. And there are some I actually do want to see and I eventually absolutely will see. Judas and the Black Messiah is a movie I want to see. I want to see Promising Young Woman. Um, and I'm sure there are others as well, but I can't even fucking think of them. Uh, it just was a, it's just a, it was a bad, oh, Minari I want to see. I didn't see any of them though. Um, because not only was I watching old movies, oh, now we're getting to the thing I wanted to talk about. Fuck yeah. Trust in the process, trust in the process. So... Not only am I watching old movies, 
movies that I consider it's a number of things, either movies that I, I love already and have rewatched like certain directors. I went back and watched all their shit in this fucking pen during this pandemic. One of them was Brian De Palma, for instance. Uh, lately I, it's been, I've been watching Joseph Losey movies. Um, and, <clears throat> and some are just movies that I've been meaning to see for a long time and haven't yet. And some of it's just random. Some of it's just like, I'll be reading about this movie and then I'll, it'll tangentially lead me to reading about another movie. And I'll be like, that sounds interesting. I haven't heard about that and then I'll, I'll you know it's just like anything else the discovery of as like a fucking person who wants to see every movie that's ever been made that's how it happened that's how they a lot of them I obviously have seen and that only begets more and more and more anyway that's not my point my point is that in the last year or so there's a kind of movie that has emerged as something that I fucking love to watch that movie is that kind of movie is it's not really a genre though so let me explain what that kind of movie is generally they're from the 80s and 90s sometimes there will be something from the 70s sometimes there will be something from the 2000s never is it past 2010 or before let's say 1975 i would i would think so really, there's like a 35-year window here from 75 to 2010. But it's mainly the 80s and 90s. And they're, they're made-for-TV movies. And they are insanely enjoyable to me. Now, this is a fine argument I'm going to be making because I talk a lot about how guilty pleasure is not something. If you like watching a thing, that's your taste. That's not a guilty pleasure. You like those things, right? So these are things I like. So if I say because they're so bad, I don't mean the quality of them is so bad. Then many of them are very, very bad. But they're so bad that they become interesting as artifacts of the kinds of things that were being made at the time, but not just the kinds of things that were being made at the time as like a, an industry insider. That's not what I mean. But they become cultural artifacts, windows into different eras, things that were made at certain times, themes that were popular in certain eras. Because when you look at TV movies, they just used to churn them out, right? They're just, they were, there were movies of the week on ABC, CBS, uh, there were there are networks that I don't even or, or or studios I guess you could call them I'd never even heard of called the Win Network where they would just churn out fucking um, TV movies you know movies that are called like a mother's nightmare a sister's nightmare a surrogate's nightmare um. And the thing about them is that I would, if you, if I, if we watched them together and you were like, this is bad, I don't think I would argue that they're good. What I would argue is that they're, that they're more rewarding to watch than maybe the typical new movie, even a new, like, serious, slick, 
maybe even a new well-received movie. Because there's, there's no message involved in these movies. And there's no focus on vibe uh, or, or there's nothing like wishy-washy about it at all. It is purely always the most dramatic shit ever, okay? The drama is off the fucking charts in these things. And I find actual drama, even if it's overwrought and the most melodramatic shit ever, sometimes especially because, but uh, that I find the most... Um, cathartic and rewarding so when it's just like some fucking milk toast message movie i don't want to watch that if it's just some fucking uh carbon copy of a thing of a thing of a thing of a thing which many a lot of new shit is now you don't really get that back then there are formulas to the ways that they were made but they're all fucking 10 out of 10 non-stop peak high drama and I'm going to use one as an example, okay? This one's one of my favorites. It's called River of Rage. Oh, wait, there's actually a, a subtitle. Let me find it before I... And I, I implore... Oh, yeah, okay. River of Rage. The Taking of Molly Keene. Maggie Keene. Fuck, I fucked it up. River of Rage, The Taking of Maggie Keene. Now, that title would lead you to believe it's a true story or based on one. It isn't. Maggie Keene's just made the fuck up, you know? Um, and it stars Victoria Principal and Peter Honorati. You don't know who those people are, I'm sure. I do. I'm a fucking nerd. Whatever. You don't need to know who those people are. You should, especially because Honorati is fucking, whoo, love Honorati. But here's the synopsis real quick. A single mother flees a drug dealer and his gang while white water rafting on the Rio Grande. So basically, just real quick, the, synop the, the real quick, more, I guess, to expand on that a little bit. Victoria Principal is a single mother. She has a daughter. And she has, Victoria has met a new man who's very handsome, very, very nice to her and wants to take her rafting. Actually, I'm going to put that a pin in that for a second and just talk about uh, whitewater river rafting. If that's a thing you want to do, I don't understand you at, at all. You're going to drive far away, put on a life jacket, get in a raft, uh, and raft down river where the water is basically the water is trying to turn over your raft and the whole purpose is to get through it without like tipping over and and to like either work together or row together with the people you're on there with or really just to have a good time now if that's your idea of a good time you're absolutely out of your mind i don't get that at all now i don't think you're a fucking idiot or anything if you like to do that then you should do that i just think if you like to do that you're fucking crazy if you do like to do it and then you do it good you should i think wanting to do that 
is fucking crazy. I don't want to be in a raft with a life vest on where the water is trying to tip over my raft. I want to be not there. I want to be anywhere else. But people go do that on purpose. They're not like trying to survive, trying to get out of an even worse situation. They do that on purpose. Anyway, Victoria Principal's new man wants to do it on purpose. She is like a city woman. She's not interested, she, but she's like, I met a new guy and he's really nice and he really wants to do this. So whatever, she goes. She's being a fucking good sport. She's trying to make her, she's trying to compromise, right? So she figures out a way to get excited about it. She's going to spend some time alone with her, with her new guy. They go and they have a guide and the guide's like fucking a totally shitty stereotype of um, like a guy from the South. He's just like, ding, like spitting and be like, all right now. Y'all get in the raft. He's like wearing no shirt, you know, and his pants are dirty. Uh, Anyway, he's their guide. And they go. Now, we don't know a lot about her new boyfriend, and the daughter isn't so sure about him. And we think he's maybe like a bad guy. And he actually isn't, interestingly. But he wants to make a particular stop at one very specific place on the river. He stops, and there are other people there, uh, like three men. And the guy that Victoria, Victoria's man sees them and is like, sees them drinking beer. And he tells Victoria and the guide, I'm going to go see if they have an extra beer. Now, they don't look friendly at all, so you just know that's a bad idea, right? So he goes over, and we don't go over there with them. We, we see it from Victoria's POV, which is sick. It's called, that's called sick filmmaking. Um, and we just see them not like necessarily get into an argument, but clearly they do because they shoot him. Okay. So long story short, Victoria's new man is a fucking drug dealer. And the whole reason he wanted to go on this river, wild river rafting trip is specifically to make a drug deal where they wouldn't be caught, you know, in the middle of fucking nowhere whatever. That doesn't matter. What matters is the guy's dead now. The drug deal went wrong. The guide is fucking killed. And Victoria is on foot trying to get away from a situation she doesn't even know what's going on at all. Because at this point, we see it all through her eyes. We don't even know it was a drug deal yet. They catch up to her, the bad dudes, and they fucking take her hostage and lock her up. It turns out, obviously, he's Peter Honorati, who's so buff. He's one of those guys that's so buff. And when you look at him, he shouldn't be buff. So it's confusing. He's got like really like wiry glasses and he's like really slight but he's got this fucking enormous muscles and he's playing this like hardcore former businessman who is now a uh drug dealer and he he deals drugs like in the middle of he makes the drugs in the middle of this fucking backwoods area where they're going rafting and that's where his whole operation is but what he does is he i guess he kills the people he's going to do drug deals with, and then often takes women there with hostage. And the thing he, this is where it gets fucking juicy. He takes these women and cuts them loose and hunts them. And the, the challenge for the w- woman is to get to safety before he catches her. And if he, and if she, if she can fend for well, the purpose, his express purpose is that he 
wants to find his wife. And he thinks his wife is the one that can survive on the run against him, that can outsmart him. So he's like, hey, I'm going to hunt you and try to kill you. But what I want even more than that is for you to elude me, escape from me trying to kill you, and prove that you're worthy of my love. Hey, fucking what? Like before he sends her off, cuts her loose and tells her the deal. He's like, she starts to run and he's like, and he yells out to her. He says, and don't forget. And she turns around and he says, I love you. And then she runs off and he tries to fucking kill her. That's drama, baby. That's fucking high drama. That's the shit I want. Anyway, these are the kinds of movies I'm into. And I fucking, I love them. Deal with it. And I think part of the thing I might do, let me know what you think about this, because it's still fucking very amorphous and still figuring everything out. But I think I might want to do every so often a watch along of these kinds of movies where we all watch them together and we realize together how fucking great these movies actually are and they've been sort of discarded and lost to the annals of time but they shouldn't be and keep in mind these were things that were made to be seen only once right this was like before dvd before streaming this was just like they churned these out to have content every week but they didn't ever think about their future but now they're all on fucking youtube and we can watch them whenever we want and be like what And that's what I want to do. And guess what? We can be like, what? Together. uh, On the watch-alongs. Let me know what you think of that. It would make me very happy to uh, evangelize on behalf of TV movies from the 80s and 90s. And I would love that to do that with you all if you're so interested. So let me know. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of that. And um, that fucking concludes today's Sunday service. I really hope you guys have a great fucking Sunday. And I really hope you guys have a great fucking week. And I just think hang on. I'm trying to time this out right. It didn't time out right, but here we go. He's coming to town. The king. This song is called "The King Is Coming to Town." This is Lester Erector's wife. I thought I'd share the fucking love. It ain't just Lecter. Lecter? Lester? Lester? It ain't just Lester. It's also Holly Rector. Uh, all right. That concludes this Sunday service. Uh, I love you all. Take care of yourselves. Be fucking safe. Get vaxxed if you haven't yet. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for fucking everybody. Don't be like, but what's in it? What's in the fucking hamburger you ate yesterday? That's what you should be concerned with. 
What's in the fucking Coke you drank yesterday? Uh, all right. You guys take care. I'll talk to you in a couple days. And... Okay. <laughs>